Welcome to episode 014, Raising Sensitive, Spirited and Empath Children with Shananda. Beautiful Mama, welcome to this week's episode on One Woke Mama. I am so excited for you because this conversation is powerful and special and really important. I'm chatting with Shananda, who is a clairvoyant, a psychic and a medium, and also one of my mentors. And we are diving into the really big topic of raising sensitive, spirited and empath children. Now, perhaps you're like me and you've started to realize that your children fit into this category in some way. And to be honest, most children do these days. And we talk about that and so much more. Shananda, in her work, provides sessions that are a mix of energy healing, mediumship, angelic counseling and life coaching, mentoring, home clearings, angelic intuitive messages, and she incorporates and works with doTERRA essential oils. Because of her highly attuned skills and gifts, she is the best person to talk to today about what it means to raise these kind of children, why these children are being born today, what what do we do, how do we support these children in the best way possible, what tools do we need to harness and what spiritual practice do we need to engage in to look after ourselves and to also support these children. This is just some of the stuff that we dive into in our conversation today. And I am so, so excited to share Shananda and her beautiful, intuitive, gentle, yet powerful wisdom and love. Let's dive straight in. You're going to love this so much. Welcome, I'm your host, Clara Bade. One Woke Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Through my personal brand of storytelling, musings, wisdom bombs, and insights, we journey into motherhood, the catalyst if you so choose to become more conscious, aware, and woke. I'm just one mama following the path to woke, and I hope you choose to wake up with me too. Hi, Shananda. Welcome to One Woke Mama. I'm so excited to be having this chat with you today. And thank you for making the time in what I know is a really busy schedule. Welcome. Thank you, Claire. I'm super passionate about some of the stuff we're going to be chatting about today, as you know. Mm. And I'm really excited to be speaking with you. Me too. And as a friend and somebody that has come in to sort some crazy stuff out for me and now mentoring me. I feel like there's so much for us to dig into today, but I'm going to start uh, in the space of children and sensitive, empathic children. And one of the things that I really want to know from you and from your perspective is what's going on lately, because there are a breed of children being born lately, including my own and so many people I talk to who are more empathic empathetic, deeply sensitive, spirited, 
highly attuned. Can you give me some insight from your perspective as to what you think is going on here? Because as a mama, this is a big thing for me. Sure, Claire. And you're absolutely right. You know, there is actually a really noticeable shift and change in how many sensitive, spiritual, psychic, empathic, whichever words you want to use to describe it, there has been um, a really big growth in the amounts of children who are being born who would fit somewhere within those definitions. Mm. So, And there's a lot of layers to this. There's a lot of different things that are happening. Uh, Spiritually, the earth is changing. Uh, Humanity is changing. Consciousness is rising and we are shifting into a new vibration. There's a lot of information that you can find about this if it's something that you want to explore and understand more. But as part of that process, when we incarnate, when we choose to incarnate, there's a lot of very, there's a lot of healers who are choosing to come in to support humanity through this time and through this shift. Some of these healers that we know as light workers are mm. people like yourself, people like myself. Some of these healers are the children who are coming in now. And I have goosebumps Ooh, talking about this. It's really exciting. Um, so these children are here to in some way help, heal and support through humanity through a really significant shift that is yet to come. And that's that's a whole other conversation mm. and it's a beautiful shift that's coming but we're going to need these children and lucky you and I we get to parent them <laughs> I love the word lucky because as you know from your end and I end my end it's not always that easy is it parenting these children that are coming into like I'm sorry but that's a pretty epic thing, these children that are coming here to support humanity. Like that actually makes me want to burst into tears because yeah. encased in these little tiny human bodies are these huge, powerful, gigantic souls with a really big job. Mm-hmm. And then that means we have a really big job as their mamas. And some days it makes me want to scream because I'm not yet fully equipped. I'm learning on the job as to how to parent these beautiful, incredible souls. And I think I've got two of them. You know, I think I've got two very, (laughs) very finely, highly attuned children. I mean, I was just telling you before this call that my daughter talks to me about the floating uh, monsters in her room that protect her at night. Mm -hmm. So first question off the back of that, Shananda, what do these children need from us? Because I'm still trying to grapple with that question daily. What do they need? If they're here with this big mission, what do they need from us? There's so many things I want to say on this. Um, the first thing that I think is really important for us mamas, and I know there's going to be so many people listening to this who will be, you know, are really identifying with some of the things that are really challenging. And it's really challenging for me too, I want to say that. And I hear you and I want to validate you. And if you're listening, yes, it Mm. is really challenging. There's no guidebook. There's no book that says, how do I parent a psychic child? (laughs) If 
FYI, I'm writing one of those. So there will be soon. Oh, yay. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is really hard and there is no guidebook. What do you say to a child who is saying that they're seeing spirit, that they're seeing ghosts, that they're seeing monsters? It, it can feel overwhelming, especially when the, you know, the really connected part of us knows that they they need, they like they have an important job to do. So the first thing I want to say is I want you to remember that they chose you, mm. that you are equipped, that everything that is within you is actually enough to give them what they need. And it's just that we don't know that and we don't have um, awareness of that because we forget. We mm. forget that there's a soul contract that has been made before we incarnate. Incarnate. We forget that we agree to parent these children, that they choose us, and we don't have conscious awareness of that. So on a day-to-day basis, what do these children need? That's really hard to answer quickly, but I know that for me it's been a real process of trust. Mm-hmm. It's been a real process of really listening to my heart and listening to my intuition and listening to my children in the face of sometimes the craziest and weirdest things that you could ever imagine being said or experiences happening in my home. And that takes a whole bucket load of bravery Mm. and courage and faith within yourself to be able to listen to the guidance that doesn't seem to make sense to the outside world. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that bravery and courage and faith bit, that got me because Sometimes my husband and I not necessarily clash, but we disagree because I hear something that my child says or I come back and tell him um, Raphael's experiencing ghosts in his bedroom and he immediately goes into shutdown mode because it's too much, it's too confronting, it's kind of scary and he doesn't want to believe it because, of course, I don't blame him. Or I have to dig into the part of me that can stay in faith and strength and kind of acknowledge the fear but also just override it and say, no, actually, this is legit and this is what's happening and this is what I feel we need to do. So I hear you on that bravery and courage part because that's tested me a few times. Of course, it would be easy to stick my head in the sand and just ignore it, but like you said, they chose me for a reason Mm. and I think that's part of it, the bravery and courage that I have to go there. There's a big one. It's a big one. You know, and I've worked with you directly on those earthbound spirits that have been visiting Raphael and on the energy of our home. And I want to take us just there for a second, which is, you know, when I ask you what these children need from us, and one of the things you said to me in our mentoring session was, okay, you got to raise your vibration. Mm. Your, where is your spiritual practice at? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm spiritual. I meditate. I do this and I do that. And then I thought, wait a minute, she's right vibrationally and I'm being unintentional about it I'm not intentionally lifting raising focusing on my energy and my vibration daily Mm. so can you talk to us about what that could look like for some people because I know what it looks like for me now but for someone listening and hearing okay I need to support my child what could raising their vibration and a spiritual practice look like oh I'm so glad you asked because this is this is something that uh, I could speak, I could speak, we could have a whole one hour conversation just on this. 
So look, I'm a mum of three. I've got I've got three really intuitive, very empathic children. I've got an indigo, I've got a rainbow, and I've got a crystal child. They're all very different, and I could list off a, a, a list as long as my leg of some of the really crazy and challenging and difficult and um, unusual experiences that I've had to deal with as a parent, but. You know, deep down underneath all of that, let's just talk about us as mums and how hard it can be just to be a mother, let alone having to deal with all of this stuff that, you know, like it it fits within the realm of paranormal. It's not socially accepted. It's not spoken about. You know, I had a conversation with someone just in the last few days about how you know, we don't talk about politics and religion at the dinner table. Well, guess what? Psychics come after that. Mm. This is still, it's the last illegitimate profession. And this conversation challenges people on a belief level. So this is something that is really big. It really can have a massive impact on us when we're already stretched, we're already sleep deprived, we're already exhausted, we're already dealing with coughs and colds and all of the other things that we have to deal with as, as parents. So spiritual practice is really important. And I like to look at spiritual practice and raising your vibration from a very uh, simple when I say simple, I mean pure. So spiritual practice to me does not mean that you need to be vegan. It does not mean that you should not drink alcohol. It does not mean that you have to get up at 4.30 a.m. and do kundalini yoga. And you know what? If all of those things are part of your spiritual practice, then I salute you. And I'm, I, I have no judgment on those particular things that I mentioned. But for me, spiritual practice is in its purest form, anything that fuels you with energy and anything that brings you into a state of joy. So my own spiritual practice is really practical and it's very human. And Mm. it's things like watching the sunrise. It's things like taking my shoes off on the earth and sitting in the sunshine. It's things like singing out loud to music in the car because I feel really happy and childlike when I do that Mm. of course it's meditation of course it's fueling my body with foods that I've chosen consciously that are aligned for me and how I want to eat and I I as someone who teaches spirituality and spiritual development you don't need to be vegan to be spiritual you can you will be guided to what is best for your body yes Uh, spiritual practice for me is using my essential oils they have a really quick positive impact on raising my vibration spiritual practice is my self-care it's going for a massage when I need it Uh, For me, it's going horse riding because it's such an incredible act of mindfulness, connection with nature and breath work and joy and exuberance. It's my exercise. It's playing games with my kids. It's having an hour on the phone with one of my dearest friends and really connecting from my heart. Mm. So all of these things, and there's so many more, you know, all of these things bring joy into my life. They're all things that if you can imagine, you know, we're energetic beings. We're, we're not just flesh and bone. We are energetic beings and we interact energe- energetically with everything in our world. So whether that's a tree, whether that's uh, an experience, whether that's the ocean, whether that's a person, whether that's a situation, 
there is an energetic exchange going on. And as mums, we we tend to always be giving out energy because mm. we're caring for others first. So when we think about the best way that we can support our children who have come here with such a big job to do and require something special within us. First of all, you have that specialness within you. You are worthy of this task automatically by being that child's parent. And second of all, the best thing that you can do is nourish yourself, allow yourself to have a joyful life and to be refueling yourself energetically every day. Mm. I love all of that so much. And I have to say here, if I can share my personal spiritual practice, has become simpler over the years as being a mother and then also with your invitation to just ask the question every day, what's the highest priority for me? Mm-hmm. And there's one thing that I do religiously now, and that is my Archangel Michael cleansing and clearing guided meditation or, or process that you've shared with me and that I now do religiously. And chakra cleansing and white light, which is always mm-hmm. about a million times more powerful after working with Archangel Michael. Like, what is mm-hmm. that? And my whole body is vibrating. It's incredible. And then asking the question, what do I need? And it could be a quick stretch on a yoga mat and not mm-hmm. guilting myself that it wasn't an hour and a half sweat session. Or it could be just sitting on the grass at eight o'clock in the morning, even though it's drizzling outside with Rafi and just being in nature. Little things like that have made a powerful difference. But I want to share something that you said a second ago, which was the best thing you can do is nourish yourself. Beautiful mama, I'm just quickly interrupting today's podcast episode with Shananda just to remind you that there is a way that you can nourish yourself and raise your vibration with me this coming Saturday, the 13th of July at the first One Work Mama Circle held in Coogee Beach in Sydney. 1 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. The link is in the show notes. I would love to have you there. I'll be taking you through angel meditations, EFT embodiment practices, reflective practices, and of course, holding space for you through your motherhood journey to support you as you support your children, raising yourself as you raise them. I would be so honored to have you there and to help you get the nourishment that you need. So check out the link and get to it, buy your tickets and I'll see you there soon. Because when I recently in a meditation tuned into Raphael and I asked him, uh, the conversation I was having with him this meditation was that I know that I can be anxious sometimes and I know that that affects you because you're so sensitive. What do you need from me? And he just said, breathe, mum. Could you just breathe a bit more? And I remember thinking, I was waiting for this really complicated, profound spiritual answer. And here he's just told me that the most powerful thing that he could do for him is what I can do for my own body. And that's breathe. Mm -hmm. That's just breathe and breathe often and breathe deeply. And it really reminded me that everything that they need, I'm coming to understand, is what I need first. Mm -hmm that this martyr thing that we do as mamas, give, 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 because they need me, they need me, I love them, they love me, they need me, is actually the most detrimental thing. He didn't ask Mm -hmm. me to do anything for him, he asked me to do something for me. So I'm really grateful that you mentioned nourishing ourselves because that's actually been a big shift for me. And you can say self-love. Yeah, 
It is beautiful. And it's not it's not the first time I've received messages from Soleil over the years through different healers and my own experience saying, Mum, can you just focus on you? You're suffocating mm. me. Can you focus on you? And it's like, whoa, I've been taught my whole life to actually give everything to my children and now you're telling mm-hmm. me to do the opposite, to put my own oxygen mask on first? What? So, yeah, that's been a huge shift, shift to me, a massive one. And I feel like that raises my vibration every day that I do that. I'm so happy hearing this because I know that for me, you know, this this whole process that I now speak with mums about and teach uh, my students was guided to me by my angels and I went through this process myself and it's changed my life. It's changed my life so powerfully and when I hear you talk about receiving like what a beautiful gift that you are able to speak with your child and hear that this is this is amazing Shinanda he also told me to tattoo the word breathe on my arm (laughs) (laughs) and he has a sense of humor I like him I'm pretty sure it wasn't my download I'm pretty sure I heard tattoo it on your arm and I was like oh looked down at my arm and I thought yeah of course that would make so much sense because my whole life, I can actually hear somebody at any given point saying to me, Claire, breathe, mm. breathe. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm alive, breathe, wait a minute. So that is a, a beautiful gift that he's given me. Yeah. So talking more about these spiritual practices, you've mentioned a couple of things in there that I want to tap into. One of the things that I use daily is emotional freedom technique, so tapping, Mm -hmm. and I might even do it in front of my children, just five minutes on raising my vibration or clearing the tiredness or whatever. And I find that incredibly powerful and it's something that I'll be sharing soon in a little online program. But incorporation with that, I also use oils. And I know that you work with obviously the most incredible oils on the planet with doTERRA. Can you just help us understand, for anybody out there that loves their oils or who hasn't dived into that yet how can they support you on a daily basis as well because you've said people have to tune into their own version of a spiritual practice whatever lights them up Mm. but oils i know work in a really powerful way so can you help us understand that just quickly so that anyone hearing might be intrigued to explore that more Sure. So I'm not going to talk about the practical ways that you can use oils because there's a lot of information out there that's really easy to access. Mm. What I am going to talk about is specifically how you can use oils to support sensitive and empathic children. Yes. So essential oils are a vibrational product and you can have, they work as a circuit breaker. So they can take your energy from one place to another very quickly and you can choose them consciously and intentionally for our children in ways that are going to support them because remember these children are incredibly sensitive so Mm. for example let's talk about an indigo child so indigo children one of the um, very common traits of an indigo child is that as part of their soul contract to help heal they have chosen to be um subconsciously cleansing energy around them their whole life, even from when they're babies. So they're filtering and healing people 
and spaces from the minute that they're born. So if you can imagine these these sensitive souls, they're little sponges, they're little filters for mm. energy around them. And, oh, my God, there's so much really heavy toxic energy and toxic energy in people that they're going to come in, into contact with throughout their lives. So this is, this is a really big uh, job that they've taken on. So sometimes they need a little bit of support from us. They need to have their energy cleared and cleansed. And sometimes they need a little bit of protection. And if they're going through a growth spurt, for example, and their little body is, is you know, is changing and growing really quickly or, you know, perhaps they're starting school or perhaps they're having uh, some challenges with a friend at school. There's so many different things that they're going to have human experiences of that we can support them with, with essential oils. So we can use oils to help clear their energy. We can use oils to help shield and protect their energy. We can use oils to help them feel safer or to um, feel happier or feel more courageous as they're going through their human experiences. So we can support them on an energetic level and on a human level. And of course, there's always an overlap as well. Mm. So how does somebody tune into the right oils to use? The first thing is always trust your intuition. Uh, but I'm really happy to recommend the Emotions and Essential Oils book uh, by Enlighten. Mm. It's a really easy, accessible, it's affordable, and it's a you know, as someone who feels the vibration of essential oils very deeply, I don't even need to put the oil onto my skin to have a sense of its energy and how it's going to help me shift. When I've when I've tuned into each of the oils, this book has an overlap that is almost 100% to what I experience. So if you're looking, if you're not confident in this area, you will become confident as you play with them. But this is a really great, easy reference point for you to start with to consciously choose an oil that will support your child. And you can look for an oil in this book that will be one that clears negative energy or one that protects them or one that helps with um, any of the things that we've done. All of the things that we're discussing today, you will be able to find an oil in this book that will will support that intention. Mm, I love that book. And I also love the essential oils and emotions wheel where you can look mm -hmm. up the emotion or you can look up the feeling and it correlates to an oil that you can use so they're my two favorite tools yeah can I just dial back a second because you mentioned indigo children and I almost feel drawn to dig into the different types of children that you've mentioned mm. you said indigo child and you talked about these babies coming into the world subconsciously filtering and healing and the immediate word that jumped into my head was Rafi my little boy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that that's him that's just what I've intuitively felt as you were talking that he's possibly an indigo child that he because he kind of goes up to people when they're distressed and smiles at them and puts his hand on them and almost like I don't know tries to do something and I remember one day you came to my house and you actually met him and you said He's like healing everything all around him. He doesn't even realize he's doing it. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I want to understand with, with these children, you, you've talked about helping them clear and cleanse and using oils in that regard. Are there other ways to help a child like that, say for somebody who's not using oils yet and is mm -hmm. aware that maybe they've got an indigo child? 
would there be another way that they could help support that child move through all of that healing that they're doing? Yeah, there's there's so many things that we can do. So um, if we're talking specifically about indigo children, and my son's an indigo and his indigos tend to be quite rebellious. They they have really big spirits, really old souls in a really small body. So they, they are going to challenge us. They're going to question everything. They're going to be argumentative, but they're also going to be brilliant and they're also going to have so much love within them. And if they choose to do it, they're going to potentially be really amazing healers. So it can be really different with every child and, and some children are a bit of a, a crossover between indigo rainbow or indigo crystal and you, there's lots of information that you can read if you want to know more about this and help you understand some of the energies of your child and, and you can you can find that easily online. So Archangel Metatron is the archangel who supports indigo crystal, crystal and rainbow children. So that's another avenue for you to get more resources about angelic support that you can have to help your child and to help you. And some of the information that he gave me in meditation about supporting these children is 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 really practical. So these children are sensitive to toxins in their environment and energetically. So these children need to spend a lot of time outdoors to help their own energetic body clear. And of course, nature is the most powerful way to clear our own aura and our own energy body. So these children need to spend a lot of time outdoors. These children are really sensitive to toxins in food. Mm. Uh, my indigo child is far more sensitive to things like food coloring, MSG, preservatives than my other two children. He's just got a different energetic makeup and it's the impact, the positive impact of us making diet changes to remove those um, and be really conscious about what foods he eats has been really significant for us. Some parents are going to find their children are even more sensitive to that. And, you you know, in some cases, these children won't be able to eat meat. Mm. Or in some cases, these children will be so sensitive to toxins in their environment and chemicals in their environment that they might have um, physical reactions to toxins mm. and you know so, so skin skin flare-ups and so on and I'm mindful of what I say there because of course there's always a, a medical condition but let's just talk purely um, on a spiritual level mm. so identifying what your child needs and your child is always going to tell you your child is going to like if your child for example like my son has sensory processing disorder so my son is less likely to be able to tolerate situations in our society that most other children can mm. loud noises um anything that uh, is very um takes him into sensory overload because he's because he's an indigo, because he's really sensitive. So we have, a, we have a clinical name for it, but it also fits spiritually with a child who is just more sensitive mm. and just needs us to hear and support them. So some of the things that you will find that you need to do will be spiritual. Some of them are going to be practical, like food, diet, more time outdoors. You may find that your child in my case, you know, my child needs to see an occupational therapist sometimes. Uh, I find that kinesiology is a really amazing support for my really super sensitive child mm -hmm. and it helps me identify anything that I might be missing that he needs some further support with 
it's got that beautiful balance of looking at the physical and any um, deficiencies, nutritional or otherwise, that are going on with his body physically, but also his spiritual and energetic body as well. Mm, I love that you've highlighted that this is, as always, a holistic approach, you know, that we can't get too stuck in just the dietary or just the therapy or just the spiritual, that it, we do actually have to tune in and approach this from all different angles depending on the different time or the season or what they're needing. So I really appreciate that because that's a really good reminder that as mamas, we do have to kind of wear a few different hats, don't we? And we have to use our intuition to tune into our children and check in. Where are you at? What's going on for you? What What do you need right now? Mm-hmm. What kind of support? Am I tackling this from homeopathics or kinesiology or are we working on it from this perspective or do you just need to be outside today more often Mm -hmm. yeah so I really appreciate that while we're here talking about indigo children and I've mentioned Rafi I'd love to touch on my personal experience with you and with Raphael experiencing earthbound spirits in our house so just to give everybody listening a quick background information here we were in the throes of very severe sleep issues and deprivation around about this time last year and I felt not just extremely exhausted but I felt like I was on a rocking boat and at the time I thought it was just because I was so exhausted you know I actually had to put my hand on the wall most of the time throughout the day to balance myself through a healing session with another one of my beautiful mentors Raphael kept sending the image of a tilted triangle and funnily enough in the doTERRA essential oil world, I had seen your name and I knew that you were in Kuji, so I was drawn to contact you out of nowhere, never had worked with you before. And I remember that phone call so clearly, Shananda, because you were chatting with me, you had the kids in the car, and I said the word tilted triangle and you immediately said to me, oh, there's an energy vortex in your house. Mm. And you said, most likely, Raphael's being visited by some spirits as well. So long story short, that's exactly what was going on and you came and helped us close that vortex and obviously cleanse that space. And it flared up again, not the vortex, but the the spirits visiting Rafi, which was just wild to me because even though I couldn't see anything, I could feel it. As soon as you Mm. closed that vortex, the dizziness stopped. Even though I was still exhausted, I was no longer rocking on a, you know, hypothetical boat that energy changed very quickly. And then when that earthbound spirit or a earthbound spirit returned to Raphael's room, I'd intuitively intuitively been doing my own very verbal and loud cleansing experience for him in the bedroom before I'd put him to sleep. And he would often clap and giggle as if to say, yes, mum, keep going. This is exactly what I need. So I want to bring this up because this relates to obviously his openness and to my experience as a mother trying to parent this and trying to work with this and I want to talk to you about this because I've had lots of women contact me saying that they've had similar experiences or are in similar experiences so my my question or I guess what I want to dig into here is how can we you know we might not be psychic or deeply intuitive in the way that you are or know how to close an energy vortex other than reaching out to somebody like you and doing this work which is so important and I'm so grateful for you how can we manage that sort of stuff when it comes up? How can we do it? Because you've empowered me to do some of that stuff on my own and it's made a huge difference. And one of them obviously is working with Archangel Michael. So can you share a little bit on that? 
how we could actually help our children who are going through this? Sure. So I'm, I, I'm just so grateful that we're having this conversation because this is a really important conversation to have. And I know that for me, when this first started to happen to me, you know, nearly 10 years ago now, and for a lot of the people that I work with, this can feel so isolating mm -hmm. and at times it can feel scary and we can feel really confused and we doubt ourselves and then when you know when we have confirmation and often that's just our own our own gut telling us that this really is happening it, it we can feel so alone experiencing this and I'm so glad that this conversation is happening mm -hmm. to support people through this because it's so hard to like who do you call I know <laughs> ghostbusters um, right <laughs> no irony, right so, look, you know, as far like there's there's a few different answers to this question. So, as far as closing vortexes, that's something that requires some training. Yeah, and you will need to you if you have an intuitive sense that this is not just your regular. There's a ghost because there's ghosts everywhere, and yeah. ninety nine percent of the time they're really harmless. And so many mothers have experiences with this, but. If there's something bigger and your gut is telling you that there is something bigger, then I will always recommend that you seek out someone like myself who is trained and who comes recommended as well. That's really important because um, that's quite specialized work. However, there is also a journey here for us mothers to deepen our own intuitive um, skill mm. and the the one way that I can recommend that everybody can extend themselves to be able to not only take their own intuition to a, a new level but to support their children is to begin working with the angels and the archangels, mm. specifically with Archangel Michael. So you mentioned earlier that I have a meditation which is available on my website with Archangel Michael for shielding and clearing energy, and that's something that everybody can do. And when you're working with Archangel Michael, he can support you to shield and protect yourself and your children and to begin a process of understanding some very simple energy clearing techniques that everybody can learn how to do. And that that's a really powerful, quite life-changing practice. And the, and, and the added benefit of your own sense of feeling supported and the love that can come through from working with Archangel Michael and any of the other archangels, that, that can be completely life-changing for you and for your child. Mm. And it has been for me, and I highly recommend everybody go out to your website and get that beautiful meditation because on very tired days, it's amazing to have that support and to have your guidance. And I feel so grateful that I've got Archangel Michael in my posse now. Like I, mm. I love him. I love him. Yeah. I love him so much. And one of the things that... She, that really changed this and shifted this for me was when you said talk to him in the way that you talk to everybody just talk to him as your Claire don't try to fancy this up and don't try to speak to him in a particular way so I do I talk to him like he's my buddy and that mm. for me has deepened the connection because I feel like I'm not trying too hard I just am trusting that he's there when I call on him and he is instantly and that he's my friend, he's my buddy, and we're going to do this. And I've felt mm. a huge change in our environment and in our space. And 
yeah, as far as I know, there are no little ghosties hanging out at the moment with Rafi. So <laughs> mm. I do, I do think he's so special, and I'm so grateful for that introduction to him. I've worked with him on and off in the years prior, but not in this way because there was too much framework and structure given to me in the past. And now it's just here he is, Claire. This is how you can talk to him, and this is how you can work with him. Off you go. This and, is this is. This is such an important uh, thing to bring out because angel work is actually much simpler than people realise. Mm. And there's, you know, like you don't have to do some really fancy ritual and you don't have to use special words and it doesn't have to be only spoken out loud. And, you know, there's all these, there's all these crazy rules out there that us humans, you know, think that's going to make it work like as if there's some – it's magic mm. and it's not – it's you there's, know, there's a no, recipe there's no, mm. yeah you don't it, it's actually energy is everywhere there's no in the angelic realm there's no time or space they can hear you the second that you speak to them they can feel your emotions mm. they're they're not busy they don't go off and do other things and, and then say <laughs> i'll get to you later it doesn't work like that in fact they hear everyone the instant that your prayer or your request or your your cry for help is is spoken mm. and they are always with you. And I wish people understood that. It's kind of interesting, Shananda, because prior to working with you on this, I had always, with my daughter, used the language, Soleil, let's ask the angels for a parking spot. And when you go to bed tonight, if you get a little bit scared, just call out to the angels. I'd always spoken in that way and always intuitively just pull it up. But when it came to actually working with them directly from me to them, I was tripping up and questioning it because there must be a ritual that I have to do that calls the magic in and there must be a way that makes this happen that's right or wrong. So it was so refreshing, so refreshing to have you just pull down that scaffold and say, no, they're there, ready and waiting, just speak mm. to him. So that's been a huge gift. So thank you for that. Thank you. He's amazing. Mm, and I do I say to Rafi it's all good buddy Michael's here you're all right Mm. and I'm trying to empower him to feel into that as well and he probably already Mm. does and he's probably the one that's directed me to this in the first place like come on mum sort out these ghosts (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) it makes me laugh it's just like all these things these empathic sensitive children have directed me to and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to on the surface think, oh, no, this is my journey, but mm, I feel like there's a little, this undercurrent, which is their journey, saying for me to be what I need to be in the world, Mama, I need you to do this, be this, go there. And it's obviously about my journey as well as them, but it's also about them pushing this current to make it flow because mm-hmm. they're here to do something great, as we said at the very beginning. Yeah. And I feel that fire in Rafi especially is like – let me at this, let me at whatever it is I've come here to do. I feel like he has not for- forgotten that yet. But, Mum, sort these ghosts out first. <laughs> mm. Mm. So that's been really helpful. I'm really He's grateful. very lucky to have you as his mama. Oh, thank you. And I'm very lucky to have you guiding me and supporting mm-hmm. me as well, which has been awesome and giving me back a lot of power. And I want to touch on that quickly, actually, because one of the shifts that I've had to cultivate and step into is giving myself back power and boundaries with my empathic sensitive children 
-hmm. there was a period where I felt like I was um my boundaries and their boundaries were very watery and very loose and we were mixed in this soupy energy and there was no delineation and I want to talk about that a little bit if if it jumps into your heart and mind because I feel like I've seen a big shift especially with my daughter Soleil with me drawing a line with where I begin and where she ends and Mm. calling my energy back and stepping back into my power and letting her know that I'm here for her but I'm not going to break myself into pieces for her Mm -hmm. can you help me understand why that's important for these kind of children because it's been a big shift for me why do these children need us to be empowered and not a complete doormat just there for them in every way? There's so many things that are important about this conversation. And, you know, it's interesting because often often this can even include um, karmic soul contracts and past life experiences and the healing that you have chosen to experience that will be triggered by your child and the, the healing that they have chosen to experience that will be triggered by you and by their siblings. There's so many layers to this, but mm. let's just talk about it from a purely energetic perspective. And if you're, and, and, and this relates to anyone, you know, this relates to our partners, to mm. our friends, to our colleagues. And if you don't have strong energetic boundaries, you're going to be feeling everything and you're going to be absorbing the emotions and feelings of your child. Yes. And it's going to be hard for you to identify what's yours and what's theirs. Mm. And as you, you know, let's talk about you as someone who's energetically sensitive as well. Like you're going to be feeling the experiences of your child so, so much more keenly as a result of having such open boundaries and, 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 uh, not having a strong energetic um, field around you. And the first thing is there's nothing wrong with this. Mm. You know, if you identify this and you're listening, you haven't done anything wrong. It's a really natural process that happens in the first years of motherhood because we're just, you know, we're so conditioned to be there for our children. Be all in. And then as they get older, there is actually an energetic turning point at around four years old mm. where they start to actually separate energetically from our field. So there is also a spiritual process that happens around four years old where you will start to notice that you you feel uh, less enmeshed spiritually and you don't feel their emotions and you're naturally putting more boundaries in place and you're naturally allowing them to experience their own um, feelings and not, not holding them quite so much. So there is also a that that's something that is that happens at around four years old Mm. so for your energy though if you are more sovereign if you have um stronger energetic boundaries that's going to help you refuel yourself it's going to help you make decisions about putting yourself first and you going to have a nap rather than cleaning the house or you going to go and do some exercise rather than staying with the children. There's so many beautiful ways that by you having a strong boundary, you're supporting yourself, you're having more energy, and you're then able to be a better parent to your children. Mm. And also you're probably going to be a whole lot happier as well. (laughs) Yes, 100%. And it's interesting because Soleil turned four this year and I have definitely seen, I felt that shift in the, you know, her energy unenmeshing from mine to use a different phrase. Yeah. Um, 
but also at the same time really riding that and saying, okay, I can feel this shift happening and I'm going to take this even further. I'm going to make it very clear to her that I am me and you are you and we're mm. always connected and always in love but, and the but has been really important and it's even come down to how I've spoken to her. This is mummy's love bucket. It's been very empty for a very long time. This is what I need. This is how I'm going to get it. It doesn't reflect on you at all and she's getting it mm. now. And it's taking me to another level of empowerment. And it's funny because even though Raphael is still well under that four-year mark, it's filtering down to him as well. So mm. I feel like I, I'm already letting him know that at this point. That's the second child thing, isn't it? They get Yeah, totally. <laughs> you can hear me laughing on that yeah. for you. Like, by third child, they like, they're just totally self-sufficient from a really young age. Well, it makes me laugh because <laughs> I was number five. <laughs> Our poor first children, they, they get all of our, our firsts too, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. They get all of the junk, all of yeah. the drama. I mean, I, I was so enmeshed in her that any experience that she had that was emotional would trigger my own childhood wounds and would bring up so much mm. for me. But also I was just so feeling her stuff. Now yeah. she can tell me about the ghost spirit slash monster, whatever it is that's floating around in her room at night. Or she can tell me about how she's sad that something happened at school and I don't feel triggered anymore. I feel mm. legitimately that I want to support her through that journey, but I can see how special that that's what's happening for you and you can grow from yeah. this. It's very, very different. Mm. And I'm so grateful for that shift because she's not going to stop being a sensitive, empathic child. She's not going to turn that off and one day just become whatever, you know, she's always going to be like that. So to know that I've got mm. this long journey ahead of me with that kind of energy and that kind of child, I'm so grateful that I can step into this empowered state now. Absolutely. Because God help me if I was to stay in that super connected emotional state with her, I'd top myself. <laughs> no, no, that's just too exhausting. I feel you on that. Totally, totally. So, you know, that kind of ties into one of my questions of about how we parent these kind of children because you know we've spoken about this before it's tough you know my, my daughter Soleil also has sensory processing disorder and it's not easy so I just want to see if we're on the right page here to summarize for those listening parenting these children and you can tell me some other things that aren't correct here it's about trusting ourselves and knowing that mm -hmm. we're equipped to do this job it's about raising mm -hmm. our vibration and staying connected to a daily spiritual practice that actually nourishes us. Mm -hmm. It's about using tools like essential oils or EFT or whatever it is to get us through those experiences with them, the highs and the lows, about mm -hmm. calling on angels and working with them and trusting that energetic support. And it's about staying sovereign and empowered and in our own energy so that we can better show up for them. Is there anything Absolutely. else that I'm missing here about how we can parent these kind of children? There's one more thing that I'd add, and we've actually touched on it as we've been chatting, and it's it's just continuing to do your own healing work. And I say just like that's a small thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just continue to do your own healing work. Mm. Sounds really trite, but remember that the, the relationship between you and your child is – there's a purpose, a sole purpose for you guys to be both healing as a result of some of the things that come up. And if you are if you are healing your childhood trauma, if you are healing your wounds, if you are doing your shadow work, if you are working with 
um, some of the techniques that you've mentioned or a therapist or an energy healer or whoever it is that you feel called to work with. You know, it could be a past life practitioner and it could be all of the above at different times as you feel guided, Mm. then A, you're probably going to be feeling, you know, so supported because of the time and energy that you're putting into yourself being a stronger, happier, more resilient uh, person, but your all of your relationships are going to benefit from the work that you're doing, and you're going to be able to better support your child and show them an example of how, um, you know, family traumas or or um, blocks and challenges are not going to be passed down to the next generation because you're you're working on that and you're healing that, and they're going to receive the gift of that. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm pretty sure everybody listening right now who's followed along for a while will know that that's me in a nutshell. I I won't use the word constantly, but there isn't a long stretch of time between healing work for me. I'm working Mm -hmm. with you. I'm working with another mentor and I ebb and flow between that as I feel called to, but I am always facing the shadows, even if it's just a reflective process for me throughout the day or journaling. I am always willing to look at the shadows and reach for the healing and to touch on those wounds, knowing that they will eventually shift into something else. And my main purpose of that is for me and my journey here on this earth, but also because as a mother, I feel that it is my responsibility to not pass on wounds and continue these things down the mother line. That's what I'm here to do, to create these shifts for myself and ongoing for my children. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And I guess I want to add here to anyone listening, healing work doesn't have to be scary and full-on and violent and intense. It doesn't have to be a dark night of the soul all the time. Sometimes it is, but often it can just be this little gentle peeling back layer by layer Mm -hmm. i think that's an important thing to highlight here and it can be fun too it can be fun sometimes (laughs) (laughs) okay beautiful woman before we wrap up i've just got a couple of very quick questions for you as a side note before we get there to anybody listening i will obviously link to shananda to her archangel meditation on her website and to any other resources that she's mentioned. So please check out the show notes for this episode. But Shananda, before I leave you, what are you currently working on as we've just spoken about healing? When it comes to mind, body and soul, where is your focus at? Uh, I support myself really well. I've got um, a really, I've got a healthy spiritual practice and I do a lot of healing work and I move through things really quickly. But at the moment, my focus is on bringing more joy into my life. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned earlier that one of the things that I decided to do this year is to start horse riding for the first time. And that I really is a really significant thing for me to do as an almost 44 year old woman to start something brand new from scratch Mm, that is so filled with joy a lot of bravery there too well done Mm. so what (laughs) does being woke mean to you and I use that word loosely considering it's my podcast title but I know it's a kind of a wanky word but what does being conscious mean to you or awakened Mm. mean to you Mm. to me it means being connected and um I don't use that word lightly because being connected means that you're vulnerable you know Mm. it means that you're open that means that your your heart is really ready to feel 
everything, all the big stuff. And that can, that that's on both ends of the spectrum. And, uh, you know, my, my spiritual awakening journey, which I've written about extensively and I support a lot of other people's through, through that, that journey of spiritual awakening. To me, it's all about opening your heart to be able to feel more and connect more with all of the beautiful people that you're in relationship with, including your children, including your partner. Mm, I love that. Especially when you said opening your heart more, because when I, do daily work like EFT or a meditation and I step out of that experience and back to my children, I just feel this wave of appreciation and love for them Mm. because all the stuff has fallen away, the anger, the frustration, the exhaustion, and I can actually connect from heart to heart. And it's like, oh, this is what it's about. Hello. Mm -hmm. I love you. (laughs) Yeah. And then it changes the rest of the day. I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's uh, that's my gift. That's what I've I, my gift that I've received on this journey is being able to feel that more. Oh. God, I love that. So, very last question, and not a light one. Besides your beautiful babies, what are you most grateful for that motherhood has delivered to you? You know, I was really thinking about this. Um, I think I spent more time thinking about this question than any of the other ones <laughs> as I was getting excited about chatting you today and. I am so, so deeply grateful and very appreciative of the fact that I have been able to birth three children and experience growing a baby in my body. And Mm. I say that knowing that not everybody has, not everybody has that. Mm. It's a miracle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. And it's something that I feel I feel so much respect for the process and so much respect for how many people have a challenging, heartbreaking, painful process or are not able to experience this process. And it that in itself is something that I, am, I feel so, so grateful for and have so much respect for everybody, including the people who do not get to experience this. What a beautiful reminder to all of us, especially if you're listening right now and you're in the throes of that, I just want to eject from motherhood day. That's a really, really special reminder about how incredibly miraculous and magical and sacred the experience Mm. is. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your heart and your wisdom and your expertise and for being an incredible guide and mentor and friend for me and my family. And I'm so grateful I was able to share you with my tribe. Thank you, Shananda. Thank you, Claire. This really means the the world to me. And it's been really lovely to talk on this, this topic today. Guys, how awesome was that? I absolutely loved recording that interview with Shananda. I was in such a high for a few hours after that. It was just epic. So just to remind you, you can check out Shananda via the show notes. I highly recommend getting your hands on her Archangel Michael meditation. She is a beautiful soul and I'm so glad that I could share her with you and that her work is out in the world. And of course, you heard my reminder throughout the podcast about my workshop coming up. Please do check it out if you are local. I would love to hold space for you, to nourish you so that you can keep doing the nurturing and the support that you need to do with your family that you love to do with your family 
Ah, I don't know what else to tell you. Just epic. There'll be so much more information for you to read up on Shananda. So dive into her world and stay connected. And always, a little reminder to you that I am just one mama on the path to woke. And I hope that you choose to wake up with me too. Love and light to you, mama. Bye.